This episode of The Marketing Show is brought to you by Quest, New Zealand's most respected digital marketing agency, where marketing is made easy. Welcome to The Quest Marketing Show, a show specifically designed to help marketers learn and succeed. In this episode, you'll meet Dan Lynch, Project Manager of Ovis Management. They've seen considerable success over the past few years. So let's get started. Dan, thanks so much for being part of the marketing show. We know how busy you are. We really appreciate it. Um, perhaps if we just start today, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry? I started uh, as a meet inspector for a number of years, uh, attended Lincoln courses. I travelled to Australia and worked over there as a meat inspector, came back here, and I was always interested in feedback between meat plants and suppliers on quality issues. And Ovis Management uh, came up in the uh, early 90s, uh, and so I thought, well, that was interesting, and I came to the North Island working for them, thinking I'd be up here for maybe two, three years, and 27 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> So Ovis Management, obviously, you've mentioned. Now, a lot of people watching this won't know anything about Ovis. Can you explain who Ovis is and what it does? Yeah, well, Ovis Management is owned by the meat companies of New Zealand, essentially. The Meat Industry Association is our parent body, but we're funded by voluntary agreement by all the major processes. In fact, probably 98, 99% of lambs being processed in New Zealand are coming from companies, uh, AFCO, Silver Fern, Alliance, Ovation, Progressive, uh, you name them, and they're part of the program. They supply us data, line-by-line data on each line of lambs that they kill, and that allows us to track those lambs and farms that have got sheep measles on them. The issue of sheep measles is that it's an aesthetic defect in sheep meat, and it's spread by dogs, most of the infection is not able to be found. Fortunately, it doesn't affect human health. Uh, We export our lamb and our sheep products into high-end markets overseas, and the desire of the meat industry is to ensure the consumer has the best experience he can eating New Zealand product. And Ovis Management's role is to help that by making sure that the product going offshore doesn't contain overcysts. So really, you know, New Zealand's got a fantastic reputation for fine, premium quality meat overseas, hasn't it? So Ovis is all about protecting that reputation internationally? It is. And we have to ensure that our product is right at the very top end. And sheep measles slash Ovis is uh, abscess deep in the meat, it's a parasitic cyst. It's hard to find during processing. The goal is to ensure that it doesn't get into the meat while the lamb is on the farm. And the best way of doing that is controlling dogs on farm, making sure dogs don't get access to raw or untreated sheep or goat meat. And importantly, that dogs are treated so they can't become infected and external dogs are restricted coming onto farms so they can't spread infection. What sets this apart is an infected dog, the tapeworm inside the dog sheds such a volume of eggs onto pasture that one infected dog can contaminate a large area extremely heavily. Right, so your focus and your role actually is all internal, whilst the, the end product is an export product, actually your role as project manager of Opus is within New Zealand, very much concentrating on the stakeholders who help participate in producing that premium product and negating sheep measles. Very much so. The 
the issue arises in two levels. One is that protecting farmers from the uh, issues of having high prevalence lines and high infection through their mobs. Uh, we have farms that have lost tens of thousands of dollars as a result of heavily infection, heavy infection. But on the other side, we also have the processes exporting into markets overseas, making sure that they have a good product to be able to export. So it is m- much... Uh, looking after two ends, but our focus is on farm, working with farmers, assisting them, providing resources to them, and looking as much as we can to provide them the latest information so they can work with it to prevent it on happening on farm. Just going back to the export part for a minute, you mentioned you know, it's a very competitive environment and a lot of businesses, business owners who are watching this, I'm sure would relate to that no matter what type of business they're in. It's always a competitive environment. Who are New Zealand's key competitors when it comes to meat exports globally, let's say to Europe? Oh, if we look, countries like Australia um, exporting overseas. Uh, We have other countries through Ireland, um, through the EU, English internal competition from New Zealand exports a lot of lamb. A lot of countries consume their own lamb, so we're competing against their own internal producers. And there's always a preference in this changing world of eating locally or consuming locally in our food miles. So that's something that the industry is very aware of, and hence the need for us to be at the very top end of the market to justify our position. Changing tack a little bit, thinking about when you started in the role, you would have had a range of challenges, I'm sure, as as Ovis brought you on board. Um, Some of those would have been internal systems, and then obviously there were some marketing uh, areas as well. But uh, thinking internally, what were some of your biggest challenges when when you took over your role? When we took over, we really had, we were working from a base of the industry decided it didn't want a pest management strategy, it was going to cost too much, which would have given some legislation behind a program to control sheep measles. The government had just reduced or withdrawn the High Debtors Act because true high debtors in New Zealand was on the verge of extinction, but sheep measles was very much active in providing an issue. The government said it's up to industry to sort out. So... The meat industry was left trying to figure out how to deal with this problem within its uh, processing chains. The options of going for a biosecurity program didn't exist due to the cost. The scientists and the epidemiologists looking at the way this parasite reproduced said without a control program, you won't control this parasite. We didn't have a lot of money, so it was the old saying, we didn't have any money, so we had to think about how to do it. We built a database from scratch that, uh, of the sort had never been built before. Uh, external contractors said it would cost around $70,000. We did it for $17,000. We got the meat companies to come aboard and have the confidence to provide data into a database that was secure and protected their customers. We have the uh, Privacy Act that we had to deal with. So we had a lot of internal stuff and we're thinking on our feet how we could make it work. We had a very small group of people. Uh, I was the only full-time person. I was reaching out bringing in uh, external expertise uh, and the meat industry, the support of the companies behind us without any formal agreements was key to making this happen. And I think most importantly, New Zealand farmers coming aboard enabled us to go ahead with this program. Right, so in actual fact, starting pretty well from scratch there uh, with databases was was a key part of, and those databases presumably were pharma databases uh, and, and various 
sectors plus uh, some of those stakeholders, as you said as well, doing the kill. We were fortunate, um, MEF or Nara Sure Quality had uh, an agri-based database that we were able to utilise and the meat companies provided us line-by-line data and we merged the client number with the agri-based number. But as I said, it hadn't been done before. It was a leap of faith by the meat processors to bring this together. But by doing this, it enabled us to target farmers that had problems and provide them resources, work with them, create awareness. Uh, it, w- it was challenging, but I don't think we realised what we were taking on when we started, so we we just pressed on. So so prevalence actually is a key part of that as well, really looking at you know how often are we seeing this occur and looking at those trends and then working on how to negate that. Oh, very much. The, it's, we have this bottom figure. Uh, one other challenge we faced along the way is that meat inspection changed the way it recorded the data and captured the data, and we had to go and gain into agreements with processors and with MEF or Assure Quality and the meat inspectors to ensure that we had a quality of data and we had not only that, we were capturing information that was key to being able to inform farmers and give them information to work with. Uh, That challenge hasn't stopped. We have something like 32 plants providing us data. Uh, It's always an ongoing challenge out of different systems, but the industry coming in behind it has been critical to the success of the programme. So once you've got your, your setup, your baseline data, as you just said, uh, thinking about then how you communicate that to market, you really had a marketing challenge by the sounds of things. So what were some of your first steps and forays into into marketing and, and, and seeing whether you could find a suitable partner to, to help you move forward? Well, for a long time, we worked on our own basis. Uh, I think one of the most salient times was going into a marketing company in Wellington and asking what we should do to address how we put this out to New Zealand farmers, this issue, and got it in front of them. And this person we were meeting said, well, to change New Zealand farmers' attitudes with a programme and a promotion programme, you'll need at least a million dollars. And this is back in the 90s. And I left the meeting thinking, I've got $20,000 to do this. We just had to go out hard and front up at shows, field days, talk to farmers, target those farmers that had issues but also trying to be aware of external uh, forces at play coming into it. Uh, So it was extremely challenging to get out there and we realised at times doing some surveys that uh, we could do better but funding was always a challenge or funding that was meaningful to what we could do. Uh, So hence we, it's, we've, in the last few years, we've looked around and said, hey, we have to do better, so what can we do to push our marketing and make it more effective? As the prevalence has come down, the impact of external groups outside of the farm gate and harder to get to has become more important, and that's become part of what we're looking to do. So you've basically worked very hard with little support and just got out there and started doing it. But a few years ago, really started to refresh and reformalise what you were doing in terms of marketing communications. Um, What were some of the steps involved when you found the right resource you were looking for? What were some of the steps involved in, in moving things forward and really getting a step change to happen? Well, when we became involved with Quest, the first thing that we looked at doing and uh, working with Quest is recommended we do research into what people knew, what the various groups that impacted on what we were looking to achieve, what their understanding was. So 
some deep research was done that identified weaknesses and strengths of what we were doing and identified areas where we weren't really making a great deal of contact. Our focus had been and remains largely on sheep farms, but again, these, the impact of external groups and keeping relevance with sheep farmers is important. So we needed to understand what we did and most importantly, what we didn't know. Right, so there are some key stakeholder groups that uh, were outside uh, the core of farmers, uh, weren't there, that you, you really started to talk to as well and, and gather information. What were some of those groups? Oh, given that dogs are the cause of this issue, those groups that are bringing dogs onto farms, and they include uh, people living in rural areas. Importantly, one of the groups I identified with our research were hunters, pig hunters, going onto farms, uh, any, any external people. People, um, deer stalkers, duck shooters, those people uh, have the ability to impact on what farmers are doing and controlling it. So by working through and identifying that, we're developing databases to be able to better target those groups for information. Right, so then from there, you see now you had the research, no doubt you were reporting back to the board on the findings and there were gaps and recommendations identified. What, what happened next? What were the next steps in your marketing evolution? Well, with, with the guidance of Quest support, uh, we looked at a rebranding exercise and re, a total uh, redoing of our material, resource material. Most importantly, we totally overhauled our website and with the website and its ability to interact with uh, external groups and provide information to them. So we, we worked from the ground up. We essentially rebuilt again in our marketing and awareness roles. So I'm hearing very much digital, which would make sense in today's environment and the website being at the centre of that. So that actually is, is a great resource, isn't it, for those different stakeholder groups. What's the core role then of the website? Oh, it exists as a 24-7 information source for farmers, for dog owners. Uh, it projects our message out to the, to the groups and it provides a large number of resources that are available to download uh, where there's a number of videos that have been made with Quest covering sheep farmers, pig hunters that provide background information. So it's very visual and it offers a large number of resources as well. Uh, I, you know, sheep measles isn't a very sexy topic in any shape or form, but if you want to know about it, this is the place to go. And the rebuild of that is crucial to us going forwards. What we're doing is building up a wide base of information and resources that we can make available to farmers, dog owners, and those key groups and influencers that we need to have on our side and aware of the need to control their dogs going onto farms. Everything hinges in a digital format for us going forward to reflect what the, what's happening out in the environment. So now it's about digital publications, it's what, what perhaps is also available in print, but you can download, is how you've been explaining, so they might be PDFs or whatever. You mentioned video as well. What role does video play, do you think, in connecting with your audiences? I think we're moving into a world where YouTube, people have a perception, understanding of using YouTube a lot for information. And video is now very much seen as a source, short, snappy information where people can take away some something and understand it and also see something of their own understanding of things in them. They can reflect their thinking to some degree. And if having that information out there is important um, for sheep farmers, as I say, for the pig hunters, that they can identify with what's going on and pick up that message along the way. Uh, a visual is extremely important and uh, 
something that we're moving towards, if not already in. Right. So your audience are actually seeing themselves in those stories, right? And and therefore identifying with them and are more likely to be engaged because of that and more likely to then um, go along the pathway of um, helping you in Ovis's journey. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, understanding what's going on and uh, not only helping, helping themselves, as farmers, one, one aspect is that farmers' tolerance or accepting of external people coming on their farms is diminishing simply because of on-farm biosecurity issues. And by people understanding the issue, their, their ability in turn to interact with farmers on a positive basis of coming onto their farms is increasing. And so therefore understanding the problem, identifying with it and being able to converse with farmers about it opens up doors and opens up gates and creates this relationship that both parties benefit from. I've also noticed that you're using a lot of infographics, good design and infographics in communicating your message. Um, yeah, can you tell us a bit about what role infographics play? I know that when you go to trade shows, for example, um, you use infographics heavily. What role do they play? More and more organisations are using infographics. It's simple, it translates some information across very quickly. Uh, there's no reading required as such. It's just visual again, and they can you can see quickly what's going on. You can uh, through a number of graphs or various bits of information put out there. So it's quick, it's simple, and it's effective in getting across a message. And we again the people we're communicating with, they appreciate that, and their time is valuable. But bang, 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 there's the information. It's an effective way of communicating using that sort of material. So the other part, I guess, Dan, of what you've done is you've and the board have decided that outsourcing a marketing resource would be useful. Um, and, and I'm aware of how busy you are uh, with your core role. Can you tell us a little bit about the sorts of tasks that are done via your outsourced resource on a monthly basis? Well, first of all, we recognise that um, time and also skills would when we didn't have those and so therefore rather than attempting to do it we would utilise people with those appropriate skills and we have our Facebook page which requires constant looking after uh, refreshing to, uh, to keep it up to date uh, we have the uh, website uh, well I can do some work on the website the skills developing the website also the feeding back of um, information to suppliers high prevalence suppliers um, we utilise uh, skills because we're looking to email a lot of that information out as much as we can also the development of the databases has meant that we can target specific segments and that is where external support has come in developing those databases has been a major undertaking and we're still undergoing that uh, and also then the ability to provide feedback to them and to bring those groups aboard uh, we need to identify the groups and get their involvement with us in order to feed back to them. And there's been so much work done in that area, as well as the overseeing and the support and the development of new material. And the fresh set of eyes, looking at what we're doing and looking at the material we've done has just been absolutely invaluable. Uh, it just goes without saying, um, we're, we're tremendously thrilled with the, by 
going outside and getting external support. It's often the thing, isn't it, when you're so busily involved day to day in what you do, it's hard to have that external view. Uh, you get very close to what you're doing, and some people say too close, and that's normal, isn't it, in a business? So it's always good to have someone from the outside look in and, um, and help you along. Another group coming in or another company coming in just casting your eyes over what you're doing uh, is invaluable and you, yeah you, you just helps you go forward and keeps you relevant in the industry you're in. Dan so what have been some of the results from all of that extensive work that you've had done there the work plan you've talked about you know so the marketing started with research came through and then really started the deliverables brand and then through to all the other channels that we talked about website etc. Uh, social. What have been the results you've seen over the last uh, 12 months or so? With sheep measles, there's a number of factors at play that can impact on that. What we have seen in the last two years is a significant drop in prevalence. We've seen an 11% drop in number of high-prevalence farmers throughout the country, uh, which is a key indicator for us. The the prevalence detected in meat plants has gone down from 057 to 0.48%. Now, that doesn't sound much, but statistically, that's a major drop in prevalence. Because that's a huge sample, right? The lamb kill over a 12-month period in the last 12 months, and our database is over 18 million lambs killed. And across all the plant sites, so it's a significant drop in prevalence. What that means is that the product that's going out of New Zealand, literally tens of thousands of less carcasses are infected with ovus. So that is a significant impact on what's happening in markets overseas and reflects an outcome that we just you know, dreamed of some years ago. They said it couldn't be done if you went away from a regulatory programme to a voluntary programme. And I think New Zealand farmers and the work that's going on around that has proved that you can control this parasite by good messages, getting out there and working with farmers and being relevant in their lives. Dan, you've obviously seen some good success there with some of those marketing activities. What advice off the back of that experience would you give to other business owners or managers who may be watching this video now and trying to work out what their future plans might be for success and thinking about how they may need to change things to be more relevant in the marketplace. What advice would you give them uh, moving forward, say over the next one to two years? The key point that I, I've taken out of our whole exercise in the last two years is don't think you know it all. Don't assume that you understand your market clearly. Get another pair of eyes and to have a look at what you're doing. Uh, it's easy to make that assumption because you're dealing with it day by day. But again, we come back to the fact of when you look in from the outside or somebody else looks at what you're doing, uh, they can see things that you haven't seen that aren't apparent to you. So don't assume you understand it all. There's something else can be going on that you're missing and that's providing a big opportunity of moving forward even more effectively. The world is moving on and has changed the way the messages are absorbed. Uh, I think it's extremely dynamic and what was appropriate even 18 months, two years ago, can be changing and falling out of favour today. And as our population changes, we have more young people coming through in rural areas and rural, they absorb their information in different ways. And unless you're presenting your information in a way that's current with their thinking and with what they're doing in their lives, you can miss out and you 
no one, there's no big signpost out there saying you're missing out. You are just missing out slowly. So digital is what we've found is where we've made a commitment to enhance our message and put it out there amongst young people, amongst farmers and in the rural sector. For example, Facebook, we're up by 40% in our followers and people engaging with Facebook. That's a marked impact and a marked improvement on where we've been and that's leading a lot more people into conversations and understanding of what we're doing and by utilising that format we're gaining and making a lot more ground with people so the jump is significant from our perspective and that's all through a focus on digital marketing. Dan, thanks so much for your participation today in the marketing show. I'm sure a lot of people will uh, get a lot of interest and, and learn a lot from the comments you've made. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. That's the latest episode of the Quest Marketing Show. Thanks so much for being with us here today. Remember, you can get the full interview via podcast, so check out our website. We'd also love to hear from you and about your key marketing challenges. See you next time on The Marketing Show. This episode of The Marketing Show has been brought to you by Quest, New Zealand's most respected digital marketing agency. Thanks to our production crew, and don't forget to join us next time on The Marketing Show. Marketing Show.